Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 149 of the Pika Serenity Podcast. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emelson, and joining me, we have my co-host, Namely. Hello. And uh, if you're thinking, did I miss some? Like, it's been a bit since the last episode. You have not missed any. Uh, we have missed some due to IRL stuff. So uh, we are back now. Uh, actually, phenomenal timing, too. Right, because yeah, we planned it. We planned yeah, it. Yeah, we obviously had advanced knowledge of when all these announcements are going to happen and when exactly we are going to kill Razageth. Um, because we have a ton of patch 10.1 stuff to talk about. Uh, we have news about the new Mythic Plus season. We know what the dungeons are now. Uh, for realsies, no more speculation. Uh, we have information about the raid, new zone. Uh, lots and lots and lots of dev interviews, too. Yeah. Good boss list, too. So we know the boss names of everything in the raid. Yeah. There are nine, ra- nine boss raids. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have, a, we have a ton of stuff to go through. Um, but maybe maybe we maybe we kick it off with our typical little short productions or sorry uh, production um, progression um, section. So I guess I, maybe I let you go first. I typically go first. I'll let you go first this week. How is uh, how's Razageth going? Uh, she's dead. We killed her. Yes. Uh, it took us longer awesome. than it should have. Uh, I will say that uh, we were on the slow side of overall time spent on that boss gotcha. uh, we were faster on the first seven pretty consistently and sometimes by a lot um mm-hmm. which you know ended up evening out to us still having a pretty good tier mm-hmm. uh but they there's definitely some mistakes we made on razageth like strat that uh if i could go back i would change things gotcha. like not putting enough damage onto the phase two shields like that was probably the 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 easy one to foresee Mm -hmm. that we just didn't manage correctly and that got us time like a lot of time gotcha yeah we are not so lucky uh we are still progressing um and we i went back through our logs we have not had a single night of razageth attempts with the same comp oh no Um, so we have been, I mean, it's not been major changes, but it's been like two or so slots have been different pretty much every night we've pulled uh, to the point of on Thursday, we pulled with a new healing comp, which was triple evoker and me. <laughs> so it sounds a, like a great comp. It I was don't. honestly not that bad. Like it, it, it's not as bad. It was, um, it took a little bit, like, uh, probably like three or four pulls. Luckily the, uh, one of the evoker that's subbed in is our devastation evoker. So he already had, had experience yeah yeah was already doing red side so he just solo healed red side so he knew what was going on there yeah um so it wasn't wasn't too bad but yeah um it's been a slog but we are we're basically seeing the end of the second intermission um and sort of oh the, yeah yeah so we're close like we're we haven't gotten through it but we've gotten like basically the mobs dead and then we just die to like a final set of damage or like we lose too many people um, and you just can't with the final, the final swap, and we just can't kill the final one because the ads yeah. come in and, and heal it. So, um, um, have you? How was your? So we reached that point, like I swear to God, like two and a half weeks ago. Oh jeez! Okay. The the issue that we ran into is we couldn't consistently get there, and that's where the stuff with the shields and and things like that came in. Um, mm. 
So like, I don't know, definitely having, uh, you know, been through this boss and been through the struggle on this boss, like anything, anything you can do to make intermission one and phase two, like consistent and easier is just mm-hmm. like probably the right thing to do. Yeah. And, and I'll say that our pulls are fairly consistent. I'd say like over probably 70% of our pulls have been starting to hit that second intermission. Okay, like, yeah. shoot, like we, we will, we will funnily enough, we will lose people in between shields but never two shields in P2. Um, <laughs> well, so we've, we're, we're okay there. But yeah, we'll lose people to like the debuffs actually mostly, the, yeah. the whatever the fulminating charges. Yeah, um, we, were, we were losing people to those and to the Tempest Wings when we mm-hmm. were taking too long on shields because people were having to hit so much to live through our like 18 second shields. Yeah, ours are nowhere. I think ours are in like the, the 12 to 14 seconds. Yeah, and we're okay. still hitting That's- like... 40 i think our boss percentage is like 39 40 percent yeah yeah that's leave. exactly so like, where we were when we fixed our shit <laughs> yeah yeah so we're we're i think we're okay it's just getting through that it's learning the the final intermission because it just takes so long to get there um yeah and long then fight. yeah and then doing p3 which p3 doesn't seem too bad um there's yeah. like a couple of i think specific movement things we'll need to learn but um, phase three is a is a real dance um yeah and yeah it's a real dance uh when you when, it's helpful if everybody knows where they're supposed to be in general in that phase mm-hmm. like we set up quadrants and one quadrant was just the two tanks and everybody else had a different quadrant gotcha. um, and that helped as well with not like people not eating the tank beam because they're not supposed to be anywhere close to it like tanks handle the tornadoes on that side of the boss they don't have to get close yeah yeah interesting interesting yeah so we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes um but yeah well we're we're close-ish i mean hopefully this week is the kill week you know we we get a really good tuesday into p3 learn early p3 on tuesday and then kill it thursday would be the goal but um yeah we shall we shall see so um but yeah progression close to being over yeah Hopefully yeah, it's over to me this week, to, and then we're yeah. We get to go back to farm, and nice. uh, I think we are gonna we are gonna try and find a uh, somebody to give us a skip so that we can do bosses out of order. Gotcha. And do Dethea last because <laughs> we're not yeah. quite at the point. There's people doing like one platform, um, and we're not oh, quite. Nice. We're not quite. I don't think at that point. Yeah. We've not pulled that boss in a while. <laughs> it's been a while for us too. So um well cool well awesome yeah i mean i think hopefully progression over and we can start just talking about fun farm stuff um getting all that last minute get my rogue geared up and some transition to rogue next year i think oh over you here. are no nah, i probably won't but that's 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 the running joke right now um gotcha gotcha so, gotcha all um, right i think before we get into patch news uh there's one other thing we wanted to touch on um so greg street aka ghost crawler aka one of the head honchos for world of warcraft through missa pandaria um for like wrath through missa pandaria uh is stepping down from his role as the lead for riot games mmo uh due to some personal stuff uh so that's not like specifically wow related but it is like if you have been following that game's development is a pretty significant thing for that game. 
Yeah, particularly because a lot of, funnily enough, a lot of Blizzard developers from WoW, from World of Warcraft, have moved over to the Riot team making that MMO. So a lot of yeah. the, the older developers um, that you may know from back in the MOP times um, or that era you know, have started or have been moving over to Riot to work on the MMO. So yeah, sucks for Greg. I mean, sounds like, yeah, like combination of, you know, he he mentions it in like a Twitter thread, that combination of personal and professional issues um, led him to sort of stepping down. Um, says that it's in good hands um, from a sign-off perspective, from a from a handover perspective. So, I mean, I think... Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, number one, wish Greg always the best. Like, he seemed like... Like, he was the big... We always talk about this, but but Greg was the big proponent of a lot more communication out of the team. Yeah. Um, so, he was... He, like... I think he started the Dev Water Cooler posts where they'd post basically their, like their thoughts or their reasoning behind certain design changes or design decisions, which were always really good. Um, and he interacted with a ton on the forums with... Um, with the community um, yeah i don't think a lot of people liked him at the time which is hilarious because looking back um a lot of the communication we get now is very similar to what he sort of tried to push he used to then, do so. we get yeah. more in the form of like community creator interviews now yeah. instead of forum posts and uh and blog posts blog but posts, yeah yeah but no so it sucks for greg it sucks it he's stepping down but um still i mean still Hopeful for the Riot MMO. Um, I think I've, I mean, personally cooled a little bit on it just because it's still like probably six years away. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting when it comes out. Definitely, we'll we'll probably end up playing that for sure. So um, definitely checking it out. I think yeah. I check out a lot, a lot of the uh, new major MMOs that come out. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, cool. Well then into sort of the big topics for today. So we're going to touch a little bit on 10.0.7. There's not too much new there. Um, for maybe one big thing. Um, and then 10.1, we got a massive just interview info dump this week. So we're sort of going to sort of do a grab bag of, of stuff through that. So, um, in 10.0.7, uh, we have a release date for it. So March 21st, which, um, slightly later than i think we were originally predicting i think we said end of february early march was was that our yeah date? i yeah. i was expecting it to be this past reset or this coming reset mm-hmm. um which you know if you're watching this later this coming reset means you know like march 14th yeah, um yeah. we're getting it a week after that um so that's about a week and a half from now uh Interesting thing. So it's still on PTR for that time period, and it's actually still getting changes. We don't have more monk changes to talk about. There are more changes for the Retribution Paladin rework. I don't mm-hmm. know the full details. It sounds like that they just like took off some of the damage that had been added to the spec. Yep. But um, so that is still happening. Why we actually also have the 10.1 PTR that came up this week. So we have this dual PTR setup that's very, very unusual. Um, and traditionally, we see about eight weeks of PTR for a new patch. So it's about two months of PTR. And I'm wondering if the dual PTR setup is going to change that, or if it yeah. means there's going to be even less time between 10.0.7 and 10.1 and maybe this is intentional so that they can have like a compressed like six week time frame between 10.07 and 10.1 yeah maybe i mean it's definitely it seems i mean de- everything seems faster but i think that's just a function of them you know putting out their roadmap and having like dates they want to hit and like content patches yeah. they want to put in 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it, that would put, you know, the 10.1 patch in like the May, you know, late May, early, early June-ish time frame if it's, you know, about, about right. eight or so weeks with a little Which bit of leeway. the roadmap said like summer or early summer for, for the, the yeah. major content patch. So that would line up. Exactly, exactly. So we'll... We'll see if that does it, but yeah, the PTR is definitely out there, and um, for both of these, still seeing changes on 10.0.7. Um, but yeah, that that now has its release date. And there's um, I guess there's there's a couple of I guess things coming in 10.0.7 that just to, just to sort of I guess reiterate things. You know, we're get, definitely getting. I think the big thing is like we're still getting class updates, so yep. like monks getting um, or at least Mistweaver is getting a new um, a new node for Shaylin's gift couple of reworks to the to the tree there which is which is exciting um we have heritage armor for orcs and humans if you care about that type of stuff um there's a new zone we're going to the forbidden reach which well i guess new zone it's where the evoker starting zone is but we get to go there now yeah um, and there's new a, max level stuff to do there yeah new and new max level content along with that ring that's upgradable um and the the primordial stones there so there's a lot of stuff in and we've covered i think all this in previous podcasts but a yeah. lot of stuff coming in. Um, we did. I don't know if you watched it. We did get a we did get a trailer for the content with the the three aspects. I don't know if you watched that at all. I actually was just looking at that. I I watched like the first thirty seconds of it. So it's it's like so. I will say that I am excited for the characters that they've introduced. So basically, they introduced the three other aspects. Um, so like we kill Razageth in this patch, right. and her. I guess brothers and sisters are the other primordial dragons for the different elements. Um, and so they introduce like, I think it's like earth, uh, fire. And I forget the other, I think it might be water is the other one or, or wind or something. Um, Brazikith well, is like wind and lightning, right? I said, that's water or ice or something. I think is the other yeah, one. Okay. Um, but they basically introduce them and like, they talk about their quest to find like the, uh, Neltharian's original like laboratory where you know he did all of his experiments and created like the whatever dragon flight that was bad it was chromatics that were like the uh the mutation ones yeah I forget i'm very bad with lore in any event um it sort of introduces that concept of okay we're going to try and figure out where Notharian's laboratory is and like go down and you know you know they're going to go down and try and use it to create something crazy um but the, the those three characters are really cool um and they have like really cool um visage forms because they actually get to show the visage forms of the primordials yeah um, we didn't see razageth's like razageth never no. used a visage form in game no 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 we never to see hers so um but yeah cinematic as always very well done very cool um and yeah we get to go to the forbidden breach forbidden reach in a couple weeks so um yeah 10 out of 7 so quickly approaching um it's interesting too because like it's it's uh it seems like the like again, like this quicker content patch stuff. Like it's almost it, there's a part of me that wants to complain that it's almost too fast. But then I remember back and I'm like, I don't want to go six months with no changes. Yeah. Like I'll deal with like this idea of like, hey, we're gonna get a bunch of stuff quick, 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 and then you know and deal honestly, with it that way versus like, like it's worse for us because of where we like what we do, right? Yeah. Like because of doing the podcast, doing stuff with Pika Serenity. It's like we have to kind of stay on top of everything. And, you know, most people don't. Most people don't have to care about 10.0.7 until it hits. Like, imagine if you didn't have to think about 10.0.7 until a week and a half from now. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, which I have a funny comment to make when we could talk about 10.1 because it's okay. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you want to switch over to 10.1? Yeah, I think that's all on 10.07. It's like release date March 21st. Everything we've previously talked about is in there. Um, but yeah, the like the big misweaver thing just to highlight is that Shaylin's the new Shaylin's gift talent that that what it does is it create or it um it allows Shaylin's gift to hit five targets. Um, and I think it also lowers the cast time. So it's a very good like mythic plus. Buff yeah, to Shaylin, I actually did some Mythic Plus healing this past week, um, oh, nice. and I will say I am looking forward to that talent. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and there's a there's a change in ten dot one. You might also be looking forward to if you're healing, uh, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but cool. But ten dot one. So uh, maybe what we start with is just like a general overview of what they released, um, just sort of bullet points, and then we couldn't sort of deep dive into some of those areas, and, and we sort of jump around, right? So, um. With 10.1, they basically did a media blitz. So they have a blog post about everything they did along with, I think it's like four or five major interviews with different community members along with one group interview with a bunch of media, I think is the the way that it breaks out. So we're not going to talk yeah. about, say, specific interviews, um, but we'll sort of pull information from all of them that we've read. Um, so the big thing is um, there's a new zone coming in. Um, so it's Zaralek Caverns. Um, which has some cool tech associated to it. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. There's, of course, a new raid called Ar- Aberus, the Shadowed Crucible, um, which is fun, uh, including tier sets. So we're getting, keeping tier sets. They're, they're going to continue. Um, we have a new Mythic Plus rotation with four new dungeons, um, and we can talk a little bit about that. Um, and then there's new outdoor content. There's going to be a new Renowned Faction. Um, there'll be new uh, um, Fre- or Fyrak Assaults, which are... I think sort of That's like the, the primordial storm stuff. Yeah, those are the fire dragon. Like the fire, yeah. the fire, like equivalent of Razageth is is Fyrak. And um, so one of the interesting things about that is they drew a distinction between them and primordial storms in that these are supposed to be um, more lethal. Like, if you remember way back in Cataclysm when Deathwing would randomly show up and, like, torch his own. Yeah. More yeah. like that, where, like, you know, Fire is going to show up uh, at the end of one of these assaults, maybe, and just torch the, just torch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is which is interesting. Um, so, yeah, a bunch of new outdoor content, a new renowned faction, which will be something else we can grind. Um, and then they sort of just mentioned general system updates, um, but including cross-faction guilds. Uh, which is, which is massive, and, and I'm maybe, so excited for that. I, I kind of want to talk about cross faction guilds first over all of this. <laughs> it is. So I think, I think that's my favorite feature out of all. Like, love raids, love new zones. It's all fun, but like cross faction guilds is, I think, is is a super cool thing they finally been able. So, to so we have we have the like dual guild set up right now, right? Where we have our our main horde guild that's got like mm-hmm. currently like ninety five percent of our players in it, and then there's the alliance guild. Which uh, for most of the tier was like one guy. Nice. Season four, it was kind of kind of packed. Actually, we had a lot of people playing dwarf in season four. Um, oh, nice! But Dragonflight, it kind of dwindled down to just the one like uh, night elf druid lifer, um, <laughs> uh, and we had a few people go void elf for Razageth. Uh, a couple priests went void elf for that. And uh, it's just like it. He doesn't get to. I I know he doesn't like worry too much about it, but it, he doesn't get to participate in, you know, the main guild chat stuff. 
Yeah. Which is not a huge, huge deal, but with how few people are cross faction now, we've got like we have a we have three things. Alliance Guild, Horde Guild, Cross Faction Community. Mm-hmm. With how a uh, few people there are on the Alliance Guild, people have gotten really lax about using the cross faction community to yeah. uh to post like, hey, I'm looking for a key, you know, stuff like that. But they are pretty good about posting in Discord, which of course you can see. Right. Um, but it's just going to be pretty nice to be able to pull those those people into the main guild and not have this double guild set up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Ian, so the interview I think Bellular did with Ian touched a little bit about how this will work. And like basically Ian's response was like, it's going to work just like cross-faction groups work in that like you're just a part of the group as like any other player like and the only distinction of like a horde guild versus an alliance guild will end up being based on whoever the the uh guild master is yeah it's like if your guild master is horde you're considered a horde guild if your guild master is alliance you're considered an alliance guild but other than that everything else sort of just functions like cross-faction uh guilds will or sorry cross-faction grouping sorry it works today yeah. um which is awesome it seems like fairly seamless so i can't wait to literally day of 10.1 um faction uh, or sorry race or i guess it's faction and race change to gnome and never look back um so it's gonna be it's gonna be great oh um, my god no weavers yeah i'm gonna be i mean got like monks get goblin in 10.0.7 so we'll be goblin to start with and then we'll eventually be be gnome um go back to my roots so um Everyone of my, by the way, every one of my characters before I transferred to Horde was gnome. I never played a, I didn't play a class that couldn't be gnome. Um, I'll say, other than I guess my first character ever was a was a night elf druid that I got to level eleven and quit. Um, but yeah, um, every other character I've ever played has been a gnome uh, before yeah. I moved to Horde. So those of you that are listening to the audio version cannot cannot see my look of disappointment. So. <laughs> Just let, so, making you aware of of what's occurring. The best race combination. Um, but yeah, they're coming in. I think we we knew about like cross-faction guilds eventually being in. Um, it's it's cool that they're coming fairly quickly, I'd say. Like, I I don't yeah. know. Pre, like, personally, I would have expected this to be like a later, like, maybe like a 10.1.7 type patch or 10.1.5 type patch, right? But not in the main 10.1 update, so. Yeah, after the comments that they gave about, you know, cro- not getting cross-faction guilds until, you know, sometime next expansion that we mm-hmm. got during season four, right? I think a lot of people were expecting it to be a, we'll get it at the end of Dragonflight kind of yeah. thing. Not the first content patch, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, welcome. It's very welcome. Um, it's going to smooth out things for us. It's just like very nice quality of life. Yep. And yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess the other piece, like I talked about the chat thing, right? But there's also the guild bank thing. Like That's we have huge. We have Vantus runes and other consumables in our guild bank that right now, like I withdraw them and trade them to the people that they're playing Alliance characters manually. Yeah. And it's so annoying. Oh yeah. I just think for and like for I don't know if your guild does this, but our guild, like we have like enchanting tabs and like gem tabs. So it's like basically almost everything we and we like either people put in the bank or like the bank that the guild bank provides it. So it's like you're just miss out on all the just random stuff like oh and guild repairs. 
Yeah, guild repairs are the Alliance Guild huge. Bank does not have very much gold in it <laughs> to <laughs> cover imagine. the repairs. So the Alliance people kind of kind of cover their own. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it'll be it'll be fun to to sort of go cross faction. See, I'll, I wonder how many people in my guild will change, but um, but now it'll be it'll be nice to be back Alliance. Be interesting. Um, for sure, I'm definitely gonna walk into Ogremar. Um, or portal into my faction home city and like not know where anything is um, since I've been alliance and uh-huh. forever. So, um, well, cool. Well, maybe we then. So that's that was the big thing. Yeah, I wanted to talk about. I don't know if there's anything you, if you want to take us to maybe the next topic. Sure. Uh, so, I actually uh, want to skip over Mythic Plus for just a second because I think there's a mm-hmm. lot to talk about for Mythic Plus. I we can. Yeah. That can be a lot of the show. But um, I want to skip over that briefly to talk about the raid a little bit mm-hmm. and then talk about the new gearing system, which oh, can also yes. be a huge topic. But the raid is going to be a small one because we just like technically the dungeon journal is up. It's very early. Um, mm-hmm. We can see boss names. We can see boss images, um, that kind of thing. Uh, we are getting the simultaneous release of all difficulties again. Uh, that, yeah. I mean, it basically sounds like it worked. It was less confusing and worked better for people that were not at the top end, which like, all right, fair enough. Um, it It is the kind of thing where like, generally we're going to be able to walk in and do the first two bosses on Mythic, probably mm-hmm. on week one. Um, so, I mean, hooray for an extra Mythic Vault slot for us. Maybe if we're really slamming or the bosses are really undertuned, we'll get three and the entire raid will get a a Mythic Vault slot. But um, I think the most interesting thing to me about the raid right now uh, is that we're not going to be killing one of the Primal Incarnates. Yeah. I think a lot of people had assumed when we killed Razageth and you get that cutscene where the other three Primal Incarnates break out, I think a lot of people had been assuming that the structure of the rest of the expansion was going to be, okay, you know, we're going to go to the next patch and that raid will end with us killing another primal incarnate. Mm -hmm. And then the next one, another one, and then the next one, another one, or maybe they would pull, you know, a little bit of a switch and one of the raids would have us kill two. And then the like actual end raid would be an an old God raid again, because Niltharian, right. Got corrupted by the old gods. Um, what nobody really had on their bingo cards, I don't think, was we're going to be going and we're going to be killing spoilers. We're going to be killing the uh, leader of this like breakaway faction of the Drakthir. Yeah, that is hunting for the Tharian's lab as well to um kind of reclaim their birthright kind of thing. Like Neltharian created the Drakthir. And they're trying to basically find the tools that he used to do that and, you know, gain ultimate power, you know, that kind of thing. Um, So that's going to be the actual end boss of the raid is the leader of that faction of the Drakthir, which is, I don't know, that's surprising to me. Yeah, yeah, no, that is a, it is a, it is definitely a difference. And I wonder, I mean... It just sets up 10.2 to 
to probably be just like the takedown of the primordials, right? Um, yeah. Or at least like the the final battle to to sort of push them push them out of like the Dragon Isles, um, and sort of like hope like I'm assuming like Blizzard like because these are these are pretty interesting characters I think in general like the primordials so. Um, it might be something where they sort of hold them in reserve. So, like, it's sort of not a direct, like, confrontation of, like, hey, we kill them. It's more of a, like, we weaken them enough that they sort of go away in hiding and, and sort of come yeah. back later, right? Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's definitely interesting that we don't kill them because there is there is three remaining, right, I think, that we know of. I think there was only four total. Um, yeah. And so... Yeah, if we don't kill any of them here, that, that just sets up 10.2 to literally be killing all three of them. And I... The I mean, I can... not really, because there's going to be 10.3, basically, is my read. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, like, we have so the roadmap basically... for the year, and we know there's going to be yeah. 10.1 and 10.2 this year is the plan. Wait, did yeah, I get so... that right? There's a roadmap in here somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, yeah. I have it open. I can link it to Okay, you. yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a 10.2 at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Um. So... I mean, I, I kind of would think that they're not planning to do the next expansion, you know, summer 2024, right? Yeah. I don't think they're aiming for a year and a half long expansions. I think they're aiming for two-year expansions and we'll get a 10.3 in that summer instead. Yeah, that's true, too. And then we get a season five, which was like, which will probably end up being like Shadowlands season four, like the yeah. let's go crazy season five type thing. Yeah. Um, again, because I think they thought. I think they. I think that was well done. It was a little annoying. I'll say at the start, but I yeah. think in general to end an expansion like that was was perfectly fine. So, um, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, no. The, the story wise, it's it's definitely in a an interesting place. I'll say. Um, yeah. yeah that, that so we don't fight a primordial. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah. The other thing that I wanted to touch on before we get into Mythic Plus. Mm -hmm. um i'm trying to find it is it's not in our notes this might not be in our notes hang on uh, the gearing system the gearing system uh, oh yeah i did i don't i think it's in it's buried in the in the um in one of the interviews so i didn't actually put the the blue post there's out a it, so. yeah okay there's a blue post uh it got covered a little bit in one of the interviews um mm -hmm. but there is a uh very big very big blog post I guess technically it's a forum post, yeah. not a blog post, but it's basically a blog post. And now my internet won't load. Here we go. Okay, really, really big blog post. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull this up on the video just so you can see this. How long it is? Yeah. There's a lot here, um, but. There's a lot of ink spilled over what fundamentally is not that complicated. Um, the nuances and the technical details get a little bit complicated to deal with all the edge cases. But the, the fundamental version is basically this. No more Valor. Instead, you get uh, two kinds of currencies. Um, one, like, if you remember way back in Cataclysm, with valor points and justice points, mm -hmm. it's basically that you're gonna get justice points from doing pretty much anything. You know, do go do world quests, you get the justice point equivalent. Go do mythic plus, go do raids, go do 
uh, heroic dungeons probably give some, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And you get your your justice point equivalent, which is called um, uh, flight stones. Flight stones, yeah, flight stones. Um, that you'll have just a bunch of flight stones, and you use those uh, in combination with the second currency to do item upgrades. Uh, the second currency is called shadow flame crests, which you can get mm. either whole crests or you can get fragments of them from from lower level content. Um, and using those, you can upgrade gear from any PVE source. So PVE gearing is staying the same. Generally, I think the feedback they got is that the PVP gearing mostly feels good. Yep. So they're just not touching it. Um, but PVE gearing could, yeah, definitely use a little bit of love. Um, and so basically you take your flight stones, your justice points, and you combine them with your shadow flame crests, AKA valor points, old valor, not new valor. And you can use them to upgrade items from any PVE source, world quests, raids, dungeons. Like we can currently only upgrade mythic plus gear, which is nice, but it sure would be nice to take like a heroic uh, raid item and turn it mm -hmm. into a mythic one. Yep. And that's basically what this lets you do. There are caps. Um, you can turn an item into an item of the next tier, basically. So you can turn a normal item into a heroic item, a heroic item into a mythic item, but you can't turn a normal item into a mythic item. So that means that you're not incentivized, for example, if there's a really good trinket, to farm that trinket on all four difficulties and then save all of your points to turn it into a mythic quality exactly. trinket. Um, you got to step your way up. Yeah, so you're really like, if you're a mythic raider, you're going to be doing probably heroic and mythic and then turning it into a mythic copy. Um, the mythic one is actually a little bit more limited than the others. And this is one of the kind of edge cases. Um, so... They are continuing with the varied item levels within the raid. So the early bosses drop lower item level items than the later bosses. Mm -hmm. And so that means there's some added complexity about what it means to turn an item into a heroic item, right? A mythic item. Or a mythic item. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, you can turn a normal item um, into a end of heroic item but you can only turn a heroic item into a beginning of mythic item, not an end of mythic item. So they're maintaining the ex exclusivity of the like higher eye level mythic items that are going to come from the later bosses. Like you can only get that item level from the later bosses. Um, and the items that start at a higher eye level in heroic just cost less to upgrade. Exactly. You know? uh, to put it in like current terms, if you start with a heroic broodkeeper uh, trinket like a, a, a grief torch that's going to basically have one upgrade that you do to turn it into a, a mythic aranog level grief torch um, and then if you instead had a heroic aranog ring for example you would have four or five upgrades to do to turn it into a mythic aranog ring exactly yeah, so basically they've they've capped the upgrade uh, of any item to the base mythic 
item level. So like the entry level mythic item level is the highest you can upgrade any item, but you can upgrade any item to that level, meaning your point, world quest items, um, you know, dungeon items, mythic plus items, things like that. So um, yeah, it seems like a very, uh, it seems on paper, extremely convoluted, I'll say. Yeah, it <laughs> um, really I've read is it, like. I've read it multiple times, but like the idea is you're right. Like you get the, you get the, um, the flight stones are like sort of like the, they're like the primal chaos of this yeah. tier. Basically, they're the the larger amount or the larger quantity currency you need. And then these crests are sort of like those. I forget what they're called today, but it's like the, the primal infusions. The, the infusions, yeah. The the yeah. the crests are basically the infusions. And there are four levels of infusion, or sorry, of shadow flame crests. Yeah. And those levels correspond to what level you can upgrade something to. So you'll get like yeah. normal level crests, heroic level crests, and mythic level quests. I think there's yeah. like a below there's like an elf level quest yeah yeah Yeah. um and so these crests are actually going to be items in your reagent bag um Mm -hmm. which is a little bit annoying but basically the reason for that is that you can use them like the current primal infusions on crafted gear Mm -hmm. um so this is really like when i said every pve source i and every PVE source, like anything that isn't PVP gear, you can upgrade with these. Um, and then there's one more piece of this that is very interesting, and that is that uh, there is both alt catch-up built in and also um, basically if you upgrade an item slot, you know, either by actually upgrading it using the system or just getting a higher eye level drop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to cost less to upgrade an item for that slot. And basically what the, the idea there for mains is like, you know, they don't want to discourage you from taking that weapon that you got the first week and upgrading it and then getting a weapon the second week and going, oh man, this one's better. I wish I hadn't upgraded it. It's going to cost you uh, half as much in terms of the, the quote unquote justice points to do the upgrade, and it will cost no valor points effectively. Like the shadow, fra- it will not cost shadow flame crests in order to do that upgrade. Um, so, shadow flame crests are the one that is capped. You can only get so many of those per week, um, so you can't just like upgrade everything willy nilly. But mm-hmm. if you upgrade something in the slot and then you later get a better item for that slot, like you you upgrade a trinket, you later get your best in slot trinket. Um, now you can upgrade that best in slot trinket without having to spend additional shadow flame crests. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a, that's a really good change. The other thing too about this is it's account wide. So like yes, the moment, like if you get partially, yeah. Well, for for what for almost most armor, but like uh, what is what is out of scope? Like weapons, right? No, no, Rings. no. Oh, Every, everything is all item slots are in scope, but you don't get the removal of the shadow flame crest cost uh, on and all. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you you basically have to spend half as much of the the flight stones, the like yeah. justice point currency, but you still have to pay the shadow flame crests. So that basically means that like you can't hop on an alt and just like if you're a mythic raider, you can't hop on an alt and just like dump flight stones into upgrading all of your gear to mythic gear. Yeah, on and all. Yeah. You yeah. still need to play. You still need to play the alt to get the the crest currency, but yeah, yeah. the the flight stone currency, the more grindy currency, we'll say, yeah, um, has that reduction, which is yeah, again, like I think a, a great change to keep people playing like multiple characters. So yeah, um, 
So yeah, no, yeah, it's um, I the gearing this this upgrade system while on paper seems a lot more, like we'll say complicated. Um, in general, like I think the way it plays out is it ends up being like just a better system. Um, this also comes with with the removal of valor and that idea. Like there is also the removal of like the uh, Keystone Master and Keystone Hero sort of gating of upgrading of items. Meaning, yeah, like, actually, today you need to get to a, a certain point. Mythic Plus rating to upgrade a Mythic Plus item to like the highest level um and that gets removed in this system so there is no more gating you know around item upgrades based on your mythic plus rating which i think is um probably i mean a good good little change that they they put in so um yeah yeah this it'll be i'll be interested to see how this plays out like what this means because like i think this also does away with the idea of like you want to like spam love like plus two keys just to farm Valor, right? Like, that was the big thing around, like, once Valor gets un- uncapped um, yeah. in the expansion, that's a lot of what people do, which doesn't really help here because, like, I don't think if you do a bunch of just Mythic Plus things, you're not going to probably be at a loss of, like, Flight Stones and then Crests are already capped. So it's, like, right. not going to help you get one of the so. One of the pain points, for me at least, with the Valor system, right, is, like, we would go mm-hmm. and we would spend time in Raid, and then come away and, you know, no Valor points. So now you need Valor points to upgrade the gear that you got from Mythic Plus. Because even though you're raiding, you're using a lot of gear from keys. Like, I have multiple Mythic Plus pieces on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just kind of annoying. So now you're going to get those Flight Stones from raid as well as from dungeons. So I don't suspect mm-hmm. we'll end up in the same situation where you are gated super hard by flight stones and need to spam twos to get them. They did confirm that the bonus, like right now you get bonus valor if somebody in your point gains score from a key or somebody in your group gains points from a key. Um, That's going to stick around. Uh, You'll get extra flight stones if Mm -hmm. somebody gets score. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Yes, this is, I mean, this is definitely a, a, a cool new upgrade system. We'll see how it plays out, but it's, it's a, again, it's a, a fairly large change to a system in like a dot one patch. Which yeah, this is really big. Like, yeah, the closest comparison is actually the reintroduction of Valor in yep. patch uh, nine dot dot five mm-hmm. in in Shadowlands, but that was much more limited in scope. That was only Mythic Plus gear. It was basically just adding the ability to upgrade Mythic Plus gear, which was a good change, right? Mm-hmm. But that was not nearly the this level of like we are rebuilding the upgrade path for all pve gear in the game yep uh, but yeah i i'm excited about the fact that this is going to let us take heroic gear and turn it into mythic itemable like that's going to be very nice we're going to be able to take that those heroic clears and instead of just throwing away a lot of the gear you know we will do a mythic you know We'll, we'll clear like the first four bosses of mythic or something right and then even if you don't get an item from it you're going to come away with these mythic level shadow flame crests and be able to maybe turn like maybe you got um a really good trinket from heroic and you can turn that into a mythic eye level trinket uh yeah. so that's just going to be nice yeah yeah no it's uh it's a definitely a a um a uh, a good a good set of like upgrade changes, but I think is fun. So, um, so cool. Um, 
I guess other raids, maybe a couple other, two other raid points I wanted to sort of just bring up before we move on from this. Um, the first one is um, one of the encounters. So one of the encounter names, a little spoilerly, but it's called Echo of Neltharian. Seems like we might fight an Echo of Neltharian. But one of the abilities that have been data mined from this is uh, what they call like class calls, which is a callback. Well, that's a lot of calls in there, but it's a callback to the original uh, Nefarian encounter in Blackwing Lair. If you aren't familiar with that from from classic or from, from vanilla, is during that fight, Neltharian would call it a specific class and something would happen. Like if you are a hunter, it broke your bow. <laughs> like if you had a bow equipped. If you were a druid, or sorry, if you were a mage, it would randomly polymorph your your like party members, your raid members around you. Um, different things would happen. Um, and so they're bringing back those class calls into this fight. Um, which will be inter interesting to see how it how it plays out because like the um, the hunter one was always the it's it's the most like I think most remembered one. I can't tell you what the warlock one was. I think it was like there was rain of fire or something. I played a warlock yeah. at the time, but um, but the hunter one was always funny because hunters needed a macro that as soon as that call went out to like de-equip their bow or just have extra bows in their inventory because it literally took your durability to zero like yeah. as soon as it went off. So. Um, so yeah, so they added in class calls, all different class. They seem pretty interesting where like, it's basically like you as a character or your class or your your, your group will like attack other members of your party um, when this call goes out. So I'll be interested to see how they actually implement this, if it's everything at once or if there's like a rotation through it or if it's just random. Um, it'll be funny to see if there's any class stacking on Mythic that makes sense to, to do based on these calls. So. so one of the interesting thing about these calls, so the ones in... Blackwing Lair on Nefarian were purely negative. It was just always bad things. A little bit meme things, right? Like the Hunter Bow mm -hmm. thing. But always bad things. Um, these, a lot of them do damage. Uh, and it's a lot of damage. And so you can definitely kill your raid members with these. Mm -hmm. But they also do damage to, quote, all creatures and players. Yeah. So, um, we don't, uh, we have obviously not seen this fight, um, yeah. but there's a lot of speculation about there being like these calls go out and there's maybe ads that need to be killed. And then you try and use the, the class calls to kill the ads or you use the class calls just to do extra boss damage. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll see how it, how it plays out. If it actually is fun in practice or just like miserable. Because, <laughs> yeah, for true. example, the um, the monk one, uh, Neltharian corrupts the monk's essence, splitting three spirits from them that attack outside of their control and leap to random players with flying serpent kick. Uh, on death, these spirits erupt with unleashed darkness, which does uh, 416k shadow damage to all creatures and players in 10 yards. So it's 1.2 million, you know, damage to yeah. everything presumably not split you know so if there's like a big ad wave 1.2 million to like every ad is like a lot very good but of yeah. course because they're jumping to random players that adds a lot of uh potential positioning headaches right yeah yeah particularly since it seems like a lot of these are they, they have aoe components like not the the explosion at the end is aoe for sure but like even like just the general damage of them a lot of these yeah abilities have aoe parts to it so you, you might not want to always stack everybody on top of each other to like force the explosion near the boss so right um like the mage one does just aoe around them 
for 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So no, so um so I'm excited about that to see exactly what that is. Hopefully it's not I mean, we'll see how impactful it is in the fight. Hopefully it is, but yeah. we'll we'll see we'll see. Um so yeah, so there's class call abilities in one of the fights in the journal, so it'll be fun to to check that one out when it when we actually get to test either on PTR or live. And the other thing too is they're adding back uh class trinkets. They're not adding back, but they're they're adding in class trinkets here. So they've added in sort of three trinkets um each with like a different set of classes it's for. Um the monk one is one S. that sorry, it's S. So it's potentially very good depending on how they tune this for Miss Weaver. Yeah. Okay. So the way the way the trinket reads is that it's a it's a haste based trinket, which is so it's base haste stats on it, which is good for Miss Weaver. And it says your summons attacks have a chance to grant you fifty seven hundred primary stat for twelve seconds. Uh, during this time, you're slowed by ten percent. Um, so it's got a sort of a kiss curse type thing, and and all the trinkets do. The interesting thing about the monk one, and we haven't been had a chance to play with these yet on PTR, is that Two things. Um, it would trigger from a summons attack of Chi G more than likely. Um, so you go invoke Chi G. Yep. Um, and Chi G does not has an aura where you're not affected by any movement impairing abilities. So the slow is essentially negated um, by running this for the length of it. The other thing, too, is um, you can get Chi G through gift uh, to be a one minute cooldown. Right. So essentially, you're getting 5,700 primary stat every. You know, for 12 seconds every minute, basically. Um, yeah. So I'm assuming that's going to get changed. I think number one, just looking at the math, like the the primary stat amounts just massively overtuned. <laughs> um, it seems like, and then yeah, the the second thing is is like from a misweaver perspective, at least, you know, you can negate the the negative for this. Um, I, and it has you a, know, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Brewmaster has one summon on the three minute cooldown. Yeah. We don't want haste. And honestly, the slow is kind of ass. Yeah. So this is just like, you just, you just don't use this as a brewmaster. You just don't put like, it's a very rare trinket that you do not want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the funny thing, they're going to have to do something about this because you also have warlock and shaman have the same trinket. And like, yeah, warlock has a ton of potential summons. If they do like the imp build, I'm assuming they'll all proc it. And then shaman also has BM hunter. Same thing. They've got dire beasts. Um, but then there's like, you know, marksmanship and to a lesser extent survival. Like it depends on how exactly this is implemented, right? Like is this yeah. is this only like guardians, like the dire beasts and imps and things like that? Or is it permanent pets too, right? Right. Um, right. So, but then there's also like in a very similar boat to Brewmaster, there's Resto Shaman where your only summon is like Earth Ellie and Fire... Do they even get Fire Ellie? Uh, they might be able to talent into it. They get the um the the totem that shoots fireballs. I think. Does that count? And so it says summons. So maybe, but to, but totems are always different. I'd say yeah. yeah it, it would depend on how it's actually implemented. But yeah, right. Uh, I I mean I think the one that clearly is like the shortest end of the stick is just Brewmaster. This is just not a Brewmaster item. You just yeah. actually would not put this trinket on. Um, yeah and uh that kind of sucks like i would really love to be able to use i would actually love to be able to use either of the other trinkets um mm-hmm. one is a crit trinket and your area of effect spells and abilities have a chance to grant you a bunch of primary stat during this time the damage you receive is increased by five percent that's just an awesome 
Brewmaster Trinket right there. The, like the damage taken increase is completely irrelevant in raid. It is relevant in keys, so you probably would not wear that in keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's also uh, the other one, Idol of Debilitating Arrogance, uh, Versatility Trinket. Your harmful debuffs, periodic spells, and abilities have a chance to grant you a bunch of primary stat. During this time, you bleed for 62k nature damage over 12 seconds. Uh, that bleed amount is completely irrelevant for a tank. Yeah. And uh, the harmful debuffs, periodic spells, and abilities, we got Breath of Fire. We're good to go. Like, it's just, I would really rather have that one by like a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. But since these are class locked, right? Yeah. You literally can't equip the other one. Yeah, they won't. Yeah, they won't. They won't let you equip. So, yeah, that is that is maybe the the one downfall of it. But I think it's again, it's new and interesting design stuff. So I'm always, like, even if these trinkets are bad for like, even if the, even if they eventually tune in, it's like it's a terrible monk just trinket in general. Yeah. Um, but if it's good for like say shaman and warlocks, I think it's still still a good thing, right? Like you always want to have fun using new stuff like this. But yeah. Um, I think as long as it's not terrible for everyone, I'd yeah. say it's a I mean, win. I can't wait for this to be just like uh bow version two for for BM Hunter, where like yeah, for exactly. for everybody else it's like a nice five percent upgrade over the next best thing, you know. And then for BM Hunter, it's just like this is an eighteen percent upgrade that is going to be yeah. used for the rest of the expansion. It's like, the only trinket you'll ever equip, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, uh yeah. That's there is some some uh some solace for brewmasters there is a placeholder very rare two-handed agility staff from one of the bosses in here um so two-handed weapons are not our favorite thing in the world as brewmaster but it is equipable and those on equip effects once we see what it is like those kinds of things can push us towards putting on a two-handed weapon No, yeah. So that's um, yeah. It's just a couple of other things I think that are coming coming out of the raid. Um, is just uh, yeah, some some interesting new boss abilities, which will be fun to call back to some of that Blackwing layer stuff. We'll see how we'll see how that that two sort of transitions or sort of continues on into even ten dot two. If we get more like Natharian focused raid zones, like we actually get to go to the lab that he built and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, if they do any more callbacks to like Blackwing layer and and even um, Blackwing Descent, right, um, from from Cataclysm. So, Well, there is like a oh. Chromatic Dragon that we're going to fight, right? In oh, the, are we? I think there's, I think we actually do go to the lab in in this raid, in this next raid. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Got it, got it. Sorry, I thought it was, uh, uh, I thought we were waiting on it. So. Um, yeah, because there's also like a new two-handed weapon that goes back to Ascandi, which was a Blackwing Lair weapon. It's called Ashkat. Ashkander, um, which like has a similar model to Ashkandi. So um yeah, I mean there's a lot of I think callbacks to to that uh to that era of well, which is which will be fun. So um um real quick, one more thing and then we'll jump into Mythic Plus. There is a post up about reducing PvP CC duration. I don't remember actually, is this 10.1? I think it's 10.1. Uh, yep. Reducing PvP CC duration. They touch a bunch of stuff. One of the things they touch is interrupts. Interrupts have a spell school lockout, 
and they're taking like a second off of all of them. So for example, Spear Hand Strike currently locks your spell school for four seconds. They're reducing that to three seconds. I'm mentioning it, like we're not a PvP podcast, I'm mentioning it mostly because it actually has nearly zero impact on PvE, because almost nothing actually uses the spell school lockout in PvE. Hmm. Right? Like, you kick something and they just, like, cast it again. If it's a spam spell, like a lightning bolt, right? Right, right. Or it's kicking something like a tidal burst in Temple of the Jade Serpent, where you don't really care about the spell school lockout. You're kicking out, you're kicking something that has like a 30 second cooldown. Right. So mentioning it, but it's not a big deal for PVE. Yeah, no. Um, Definitely a PVP change. Yeah, be rough. But speaking of dungeons, we have the full roster of dungeons for season two. Um, And there's some goodies here. We are getting, in addition to the other four um, Dragonflight dungeons, so Bracken Hyatt Hollow, Halls of Infusion, Uldaman, and what's the other? Neltharis. 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 Uh, we are getting Neltharian's Lair from uh, from Legion, which hopefully they do something about those fucking pelters. Oh, um, God, yes. Oh, no. Uh, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, uh, we're also on top of that though. We're getting freehold and underrot from BFA, which freehold oh, is like the most popular dungeon, just period from the math last couple expansions. Um, very well liked, uh, and you know, hopefully there's some things that they tweak on like the first boss to make it so the the powder shot doesn't just one shot at higher yeah. levels, right? Especially since more people are going to be doing higher levels because of uh, the incentive to be doing 20s for weekly rewards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Underrot is also one that was kind of like, it wasn't as much liked as Freehold, but it was not like a King's Rest tier, everybody hates this dungeon. I actually yeah. quite like Underrot. Like Underrot was a pretty good dungeon. Um, the second I, boss, uh... the, the first boss was like, okay, so... You skipped all of the trash in the first area. You just you skipped all of it, every last bit of it. Uh, you did like the all right, you did like the pull at the top, just inside the mm-hmm. the entrance of the dungeon, and then you just like yeeted yourself down the bridge, hopefully with an invisbot. Oh, uh, and if you didn't make it, you got to the bottom. Somebody be reses, and you all die, yeah. and you res up and go. Uh, and then that first boss was kind of like comp check because of how many kicks you needed that hopefully will get a look but um rest of the dungeon's fine krog's a big healer check um and just like i don't hate that the and then the mushroom guy so i will say that i under a fine dungeon but i had the most fun doing that in the what's the one with the lieutenants awakened we had the portals. Yeah. 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 Like that to, affix, yeah. That affix in that dungeon, I think, would went really well because it made it skipping the trash, particularly the the third to fourth boss area, where you have like the random sort yeah. of snake things that come out of the ground. Like that was not they're not random, they're in fixed positions, but it's um Yeah. But yeah, no, that that dungeon I will always the problem is I ran that so much, particularly during that season, that like 
Yeah. I only remember doing under rot in my head with those sort of like portal skip mobs. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not, we definitely lost keys to just really dumb stuff with like, you know, you're trying to walk around the, the worms at the end, right? Oh my and you God. Yeah. Slip off a rock and you pull two of them and it's just like, oh, well, we're dead now. Yeah. Or like the, the jump, you're trying to split the difference between two of them and literally like there's like two pixels you can walk down. And like if you're too far to the left or too far to the right on any of them, you just pull it. And then in, yeah. in the pug group, you have just basically two people or just enough pixels on the left and the right where you pull both of them and you wipe yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely wipe to that there. But no, I mean, I think in terms of those dungeons, like Natharian's Lair, Pelter's going to be an issue. I think Freehold, probably fine just in general. Um, that's a, I agree with you. That's a really fun dungeon. Like there's nothing. All of the mechanics, specifically from Trash, are mostly ground targeted or or like frontals, and yeah. so they're very easy to dodge, and you can do fairly large pulls with them, which I think people enjoy. And then Underrot's like, again, um, the skipping part will be interesting to see, and then also it's it's Dispel City, like everything puts up some sort of disease Fair. Uh, Fair. or dot, and like it's it's a not, the tons of the spells, but again, not not too difficult. Um, um, I would be curious to see if maybe they'll just do a pass over the trash on the first part of the dungeon because, like, nobody yeah. did it. Nobody pulled yeah. that. No, um, the little, like, might, what do they call it? Like, little, like, grubby things that would, like, yeah. bite you well, and, like, you just, a huge dot. Yeah. There was also just, like, the, there was, like, on the landings, the, the, the dudes that channel. I don't even remember what the channel did anymore because I did it, like, the last mm-hmm. time I had them actually do it and I, like, played that mechanic was in, Oldier, right? Yeah. Uh, it's been a while. You just don't do those. Uh, yeah. It's way, way, way too much work for way too little reward. So you just don't do those. Um, we do have one other dungeon, though. Um, that we haven't talked about. Yeah. Going back even farther, Vortex Pinnacle from Cataclysm. Pre Mythic Plus dungeon. Yeah. This is. Which is- Sorry. This is going to be nostalgic. So I'm currently playing Blood Decay, right? I'm a Blood Decay main at the moment. Um, in Cataclysm, I had two characters that I played quite a bit. I had my Hunter and I had my Blood Decay. And I did a lot of like the early expansion, pre-nerf, heroic dungeons. This dungeon was no joke, by the way. If I like, Yeah. There's a couple pulls in this dungeon that are like, I like as a healer, are absolutely terrible because it's, like a bunch of like the one the one pull I always remember is I think it's leading up to the second to last boss. You have to go up. It's a it's a staircase that goes on either side, and there's a bunch of mobs that are evenly spaced off that, and yeah. they're all casters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so like your group basically has to like interrupt everything, pull it all in. And the fun part is is not only do they have single target bolts, but they have like an AOE storm cloud, like a, a couple of them do. Um, and they're there. I think that this pull also had like the rogue like mobs in it where they yeah, put up a, they, they did like a, a backstab that put up a, a dot on you, like a poison yeah. dot. So, yeah, no, it'll vortex is like oh, then you have the wind boss where you have to like know if to be downwind of it to get the buff, like to get like a haste buff. And if you're not downwind yeah. from the boss, then like you get you, a, you a get debuff, haste, haste debuff. Yeah, yeah, so there, and there's, there's the, the lightning pyramids. You remember those? Oh, you couldn't stand in. They ate all your spells. They're basically like, um, yeah, like if the if the enemy was in it, it would like it was like a grounding totem, yeah, for for your totem. spells. So you had to like get stuff out of it. That's gonna cause some wipes. Uh, the first yeah. time people do this dungeon, they're gonna like oh, that. 
they're gonna the tank's gonna just like leave some some stuff in there somebody's gonna throw you know try and throw a polymorph on one of the mobs it doesn't get pulled in and it's just not gonna work and everybody's gonna be confused yeah exactly i what does it does it eat death grips i wonder i think so yeah so like you have to like interrupt the mobs out of it yeah no it's um i'm 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 excited for, I think, two reasons. Number one, it, this sort of opens the door for them going back even further on dungeons and updating them for Mythic Plus. Because, yeah. like, they're going to have to do more work. Like, Notharian's Lair, Freehold, Underrot, those are going to be, like, tuning paths on abilities to make sure, like, they align with current damage and healing and stuff like that. Yeah, like, that's, so, and you don't have, like, you can no longer have the tank just get dots on the Pelters and then run yeah. away and outrange them. You, you just yeah. can't do that anymore. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, they'll, they'll do, like, a couple of, of passes like that, but largely those dungeons will remain intact, like, as they will. But, like, Vortex, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they actually go and change, um, both about the trash and the bosses. I mean, like, yeah, Vortex bosses aren't... I'm trying to remember. They're not that difficult. Like, the first boss is sort of a cluster of, like, running in and out from the tornadoes. Yeah. Um, second boss is the Wind Dragon, right? Yes. Um, and then third boss is the hide. Like you have to hide under one of those pyramids. He creates a pyramid. It does like a big bang. And you have to hide yeah. as a group underneath there. Um, so yeah, no, it's um oh god, and those pulls of all those little mana worms that just randomly pelt people before the last boss. It's so much magic damage in that. I feel like in that expansion. Um, yeah, just yeah, that'll be oh, as a healer. So not looking forward to running it. Um, it it's uh, it's going to be an adventure. Uh, it would not have been my choice for which. Um, which Cataclysm dungeon to bring back? That would have been uh, Stone Core, of course. We got to get, we got to get Osric in there. Millhouse, Millhouse. Right, that's um, the Millhouse dungeon, right? That is the oh, Millhouse no. dungeon. Oh, and that's and that's the boss where you have like a a physical dot and a magic dot you have to get on yourself so you don't turn into stone. Is that the Stone Core? I honestly like Osric had like some kind of mechanic like that, but honestly. The bigger thing about Osric is he he does the shout "Break yourself upon my body," puts up a damage oh, yeah. and your and your DPS delete themselves. That's true. That's true. Yes. 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 Um, which is maybe not the most twenty twenty three kind of game mechanic. You know, we have the whole like I don't want to stop damage. You know, exactly. reaction memes and all this stuff. Um, so literally bringing back a boss where one of the core mechanics is stop damage is. Maybe not, not ideal. The most, not the ideal thing, yeah. But um, but no, it, this is a. It's cool. I mean, I think. I mean, people are probably super hyped on Freehold. Super. I mean, Natharian's Lair. I think is a fine Legion dungeon. Um, we've already got it. We already got a couple Legion dungeons. You know, this for this expansion. So, or for this season one. Yeah. Um, I, like I think court, they did. So. I think they did Natharian's Lair because this is the like Natharian patch. Yeah. Like we get, we're we're getting Neltharis, Neltharian's lair. The raid is Aberus. It's like Neltharian's lab. Mm-hmm. So I think that's yeah. the idea: is we're getting all of these dungeons that are tied to Neltharian in some way, and so they just had to bring it back. Vortex yeah. Pinnacle is completely unrelated, though. Yeah, which is, I mean, it'll be it'll be fun to see. I wonder where they port us to. You probably just get port to Oldham. The, the oh man, you remember is. the entrance to Vortex Pinnacle? Oh yeah, it's so cool. Some of the clouds. Yeah, and like uh, the, the, people the are gonna have no idea how to get there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, then speaking of Mythic Plus, um, and so we're still on the topic. The dungeons got released, but then also 
a bunch of interviews talked about the affixes um, and the fact that um, we are not going to get a season two affix. Um, Big thumbs up. Which, Big thumbs up. Which is good. So, like, uh, you know, this will be the first time since Mythic Plus was released that we're not going to get a seasonal specific affix, you know. And so Thundering was this season's affix. That is going to go away Legion, in season two. Legion didn't have seasonal affixes, but they did affix kind of refreshes like every season they removed affixes and added new ones so some of them kind okay. of were seasonal affixes like you remember um oh man what was the the like fuck holy palette in particular one where overhealing became a healing absorb oh yeah i forget yes 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 i yeah. remember that yes yeah okay that's the one yeah. that, that became um grievous exactly yeah right. whatever it was previous yeah and the, like literally druids and even monks to a certain extent could ignore it um yeah Hops, but at least yeah. it didn't holy paladins could put up a healing absorb for somebody's entire health bar if they crit uh yeah I remember so that, that was exciting yeah um, okay sorry yeah so legion they didn't have them but yeah this is the first time i guess since since the start of bfa right that we don't have um, right a seasonal affix coming in which is um you know the reason they brought in seasonal affixes was because the dungeons weren't changing right like you do the same dungeon yeah every season they weren't changing it and so seasonal affix is meant to change up your route or change up the way you approach something um, and yeah, with the fact that dungeons are changing every season now, like wholeheartedly, like we learn eight new dungeons in season two, um, of, of Dragonflight, um, they've sort of said, we're not going to have a seasonal affix for, for season two, um, which is, uh, which is interesting. I wonder if they, like, they didn't really get into this in the interview, I don't think, but I don't know. I wonder what they're going to do it with the, like the level 10 or like the plus 10, uh, keystone levels right like does anything yeah. change at plus 10 now because right now you know there's your base affix at two like tyrannical or fortified and then you get another one at four another one at seven and then the seasonal was always at 10 and so um i think it sounds like nothing like there's yeah, just nothing just after seven it's just it is what it is right yeah um, um they are also speaking of seven uh looking at a refresh on specifically the level seven bucket of mm -hmm. affixes so this is quaking grievous volcanic storming and explosive those affixes you get one of them from that bucket every week um this bucket has a lot of the ones that people really really don't like uh storming explosive quaking some level of grievous uh volcanic is like the one that nobody cares about yeah i mean well i mean to be like as a healer grievous is just annoying in that it it just it keeps you in combat right like that's the most annoying part of grievous is that well, like, it doesn't grievous doesn't really keep you in, i mean it means you have to sit there healing outside of combat uh right but but if so like as a as a hot base class like you never drop combat so like as long as grievous is out and it's being ticked and healed you don't drop combat that's not true there's no sure? way that's true yeah because like you can't take teleporters if you're in combat but you can, people can have Grievous and Hots, and you can take a teleporter in like Azure Vault. I know this because uh, I started, yeah. I got dragged into healing some some keys two weeks ago, actually, which was Grievous, uh, Grievous Bursting Awful. Week. Yeah. Um, and oh, like we were doing like 16s, right? And I was sweating. Yeah. yeah. Just like, oh my God, everybody is just like almost dead all the time. How do I keep up with this? And then last week I did like a 20 and it was just the most chill experience ever. Yeah, welcome, that. welcome to healing. Welcome to healing. Bursting it was and grievous. Li yeah. literally the same people 
and we went yeah. from doing like a 16 Azure Vault, a 16 um, Algathar Academy, which is like the, the Azure Vault teleporters. Or the like, yeah. Uh, if you have a spiteful dude up, you're in combat and you can't get out of it. Bursting does like do the combat ticks, it will do the same thing. So that mm-hmm. might be what you're thinking of. Bursting does that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Grievous, though, does not. Uh, but it's just like so much extra damage. Oh, my God. And it's, it almost feels like Grievous is from a previous era where there was not very much unavoidable group wide damage, right? Yeah. There were not very many ways that you got Grievous outside of getting hit by a mechanic that you were supposed to have avoided. And so right, it really yeah. punished you for taking avoidable damage. Um, but now there's just so much like AOE damage going out, even on trash, right? Unavoidable right. AOE. Like you think about Ruby life pools, you think about those big fire elementals that do a, a huge hit to the whole group. And then you end up... Then you have like, Grievous. You have Grievous on top of, on top of it. Um, and it's just so much extra healing that you have to do. Um, yeah. It's... it's like i don't think that one is like problematic for for people at the high level i think you can just heal like you can heal through it it's not yeah the, the best thing but it's something that you can brute force numbers your way through and you avoid the avoidable damage and so you don't have it you you basically only get it from the unavoidable stuff right, right? and that makes yeah. it better but then if you go and you pug some keys you'll find out very quickly how hard it is to uh, to keep everybody up on Grievous in a pug. Yeah, it's 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 unfun, we'll say. Um, but yeah, no, it's good that they're they've sort of mentioned they'll take a look at these. I'm I'm interested to see if they actually make any changes. I mean, we've had this, we've had very like storming out of that group has been is the newest one, and that came in like what mid BFA or early or oh, was it Shadowlands? Okay, yeah, it was Shadowlands. It was um, season one Shadowlands. So the, and the rest of them have been there since the almost since the beginning or you know through yeah. almost through the last at least full yeah. expansion and a half so um they I, need a they need a refresh um yeah. and like my my point of view is they they probably need to not do things that stress healers because <laughs> i feel like in probably so in mythic plus almost most of the affixes are more stress on the healer than any other role like i think sanguine puts a little bit of stress on the tanks in terms of like movement and you know yeah. things like that but even bursting to like a lesser extent isn't really like a DPS type check. It's yeah. more of just like, do you have cooldowns up from your healer? If yes, just go. If not, like, yeah. All right, hold for half a second. So yeah, I was actually um, also, by the way, playing bursting on easy mode because we had a, a shadow priest with us who was mass, oh, nice. just mass spelling. Mass spelling yeah. So it would hit like four people, and then I could just single the spell the person that got missed. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this level seven bucket uh, of the like worst affixes in the game right mm-hmm. i would say that the the three worst affixes uh in terms of fun are storming explosive spiteful yeah um and it's like storming is not hard it's just really really annoying really annoying yeah. to play melee on storming and it's actually a little bit frustrating actually very frustrating sometimes on storming with all the frontals like yep. As a tank, sometimes the correct move is to eat storming and just get knocked up in the air so that you don't turn and point a frontal at your group. Whereas if you try and dodge the storming, you'll end up frontaling your group. And um, like eating a storming is not good. On top of taking the damage from it while you're in the air, you cannot block, dodge, or parry. 
um, the knockup will knock you out of consecration and things like that as well. So it's just like all kinds of bad, but the frontal situation just makes it even worse. It's very annoying. Yeah. I do not like it. Um, yeah. Then explosive is just like 100% the nameplate problem. Like nameplates just being like very annoying. Like when you're in a pole and it's got like five mobs, nameplates are fine. Then you get five explosive spawns. The nameplates all like jumble around as they're moving as all the new things come in. Oh yeah. And you they keep moving around because you have these five that appear and then they start going away and the nameplates nameplates start collapsing again. And it's just this huge churn of the nameplates on your screen. It's very annoying to try and get the explosives in the middle of all that chaos. Um, it's again, I mean, it is a much harder fix than storming, but it's just it's like a ui frustration right oh yeah, yeah. it's a ui frustration and, and it also ends up being a healer fix a lot of the times most of the healers can very easily deal with um the explosives with some kind of just spammable low cost or no cost spell like a moonfire or a uh, tiger palm um right and so it ends up being like a healer fix first a tank fix second and then a distant third is like the dps contribute yeah, if they remember. Yeah. Yeah. If they remember. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> quaking is another one in this bucket that I would not mind seeing change. Uh, quaking is very annoying uh, to play on a caster. Specifically, I played Fire Mage in Season 4, and I learned exactly how hard life is when you're trying to cast a four-second spell with quaking around. Imagine, imagine being a healer in that situation and having to figure out if you need to heal your group right away or if you can wait till the quaking goes off and how close you cut that. Yeah. Which is like, yeah. I have, I've definitely made that mistake of like basically channeling like an essence font because I just need a little bit of healing and then getting locked out and then losing a team member like yeah. three seconds later to, to some yeah. sort of damage. So I mean, it just like, yeah. it really sucks being so fire mage has this really annoying thing where you're, you have sun King's blessing, which is a buff. If you hard cast a pyroblast, um, which is your four second cast, um, it gives you combustion, which is your major cooldown. So it's like really important that you get that. Um, mm -hmm. But you have to, your pyroblast has to, cast has to finish before the buff expires. It, it's not just starting the cast. Um, right. And so sometimes you like start the cast, you know, towards the end of it, you had to wait for mechanics to get into a good position to be able to do it. And then like half a second into your cast, Quaking comes out and you can't finish your cast in time. God, yeah. And that's just like, uh, that's like, just, yeah, that sucks. It just sucks. You're just waiting so long at that point, yeah, yeah for, it for just, damage. It, it just sucks. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, I am, t they've done very good stuff, this expansion so far. Yeah. I'm tentatively hopeful that they do a serious refresh on these affixes, like seriously just delete storming, um, just delete it. <laughs> uh explosive gets figure out some actually like the best thing that would come out of them looking at explosive in my mind is just looking at nameplates and going how can we make nameplates less frustrating yeah like that's a big thing um and then honestly they could probably not touch quaking quaking's probably fine as is it's a little bit annoying but there is like there's a big difference between the first time i played a caster on quaking and yep. where I play casters on Quaking now and how often I get spell locked and how I play around it. And so there is depth to that mechanic mm -hmm. versus like Grievous. It's just like shits on your healer. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. So we'll, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what, what if any, what if any changes have come about the level seven affixes um, for, for season two. So yeah. Um, but yeah. Any other, any other mythic plus stuff? Um, Cause they did post a couple of class changes, but only for Mistweavers in the initial patch notes. So we can get to that. I did want to mention as well. So they have already confirmed that they're looking at tuning on Brackenhide Hollow in particular in God, advance okay. of the season two release. Thank the Lord. Because um, uh, unless uh, you have four monks walking to that place, like you're dead. I mean, <laughs> it's it's that, but there's also a lot of casters that just like chain cast and like maybe looking at some of those and being like, do these really all need to be in the same pack? Right. Yeah, that's true. Do you really need, you know, two, three different casters in the same pack that you have to pull together that also apply diseases. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. Um, I forgot about that. Yes, they are going to take a look at Brackenhide um, in terms of, yeah. Because no one, like, I have not been in back in that place since Mythic Zero Week, and I'm very I've glad. been extending my lockout from Mythic Zero Week in order to be able to go back in and do crafting stuff. You can gotcha. extend a Mythic oh, yeah. lockout and go back in. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, cool. Um, all right. Any other, any other mythic plus type stuff? Um, uh, I think that, I think that pretty much covers what we know so far. Um, oh, yeah. mythic plus testing starts in like a week. Like when, yeah. when it's like when the week that 1007 comes out, mythic plus testing starts for 10.1 PTR. Yeah. It's either On next the weekend. week. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so over the it's weekend. really soon. Um, yeah, it's so very we'll, soon. We'll get to see what they do with Vortex Pinnacle, with Brackenite Hollow, with uh, with the fucking Pelters and Neltharians there. God, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be... It'll, it should be fun looking at that testing for sure. Unfortunately, uh, though, for me, that's over Diablo 4 open beta weekend, I think. so. Yeah, I have not I will probably yet. I'll probably be diving into the depths of hell for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, um, we'll see. Uh, quick thing. For those that didn't play Legion or didn't do super high keys in Legion and aren't familiar with what the Pelter problem is, they random target a cast that does a just monumental amount of damage to a single person. It's random. You end up with multiples of them. Sometimes they all target the same person, and the person just dies. Just, yeah. just dies. There's just nothing you can do about it, because you can't have a personal every time that happens. Um, it's also not um, an interruptible cast right. either. It's <laughs> um, the other problem. <laughs> and one way you could deal with it like there are two ways you could deal with it. You could group them up and then mass AOE CC them. Like just spam AOE stuns, which you can no longer do. Mm-hmm. Or your tank could outrange them and they would stop casting and chase the tank. So you would slow them, the tank would run away, and just the tank would not do anything except for stay out of range of them so that they never ever cast. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. the that's the whole pelter problem, is basically like if you can't do that. They're going to just pick a member of your group sometimes and just erase them from existence. Yeah, just just straight up kill them. So, yeah, those it'll be. Yeah, I'm wondering if they tone down their damage slightly. So yeah, um, so cool. So then, um, along with all of this um, detail, they did Blizzard did post patch notes um, for the uh, for the for ten one. Which includes like a bunch of changes they're making across all the classes. So um, the focus on this initial group was actually on Mistweaver. And so they posted a bunch of changes to Mistweaver. Um, 
And the biggest one being they're redesigning ancient teachings. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about this. So the way that ancient teachings currently works today is that when the buff is up, um, anytime you cast um, uh, anytime you cast uh, Essence Font or Feline Stomp, you get a 15-second uh, buff that basically um, it turns any damage you do through Tiger Palm, Black Hole Kick, or Rising Sun Kick into healing on one member of your team. Um, and so it basically meant like, if you do damage with Rising Sun Kick, a single member of your team gets a fairly large heal, fairly substantial heal. Um, but it wasn't a smart heal, meaning that anyone injured within, I think it's about 20 or 25 yards of you, got that heal from your Rising Sun Kick. So it could target the person at 10% health, or it could target the person at 90% health and overheal them, um, which caused a couple of issues, particularly in smaller group content where, uh, or Mythic Plus basically, where like somebody in your group would just not get a heal from ancient teachings and end up dying in by the time you got a chance to heal them. Um, so they're basically changing the way ancient teachings work into that uh, instead of only hitting one person, it will heal up to five injured targets or five injured allies within 30 yards for 100%, 150% of the damage done, split evenly among them, which basically means if you have two people injured in range of you and you you know have ancient teachings up and you hit rising sun kick, they will get half of the heal, half of the 150% healing, um, sort of split that way. Um, up to five targets. So it's, and again, not a smart heal, doesn't always target, you know, the lowest health individuals, but will target up to five folks, um, which should smooth out those inconsistencies in who's getting healed. Um, this is a huge buff in Raid, actually. It's funny nice. that it's actually a bigger buff in Raid than in Mythic Plus, just because, like in Raid today, you're only healing a single target for, you know, a, a, a fairly, not a fairly large, but a, 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 not an insignificant amount of healing. Right. Um, now you're always probably going to hit five people. Yeah. So any sort of rot true. damage, any sort of like just in general people being low um, is, you know, you're going to be able to prop them up a little bit easier, which, so will be, I, which will be good. I'm looking actually now at the way that ancient teachings currently works. And I'm, I'm thinking now, honestly, this seems like half the reason that Grievous was so much harder, right? Like everybody is constantly injured. So your mm -hmm. ancient teachings is just completely random. Exactly. Just and so completely random. Yeah, sometimes it's topping one person off, sometimes it's topping another person. I mean, right. um, Chi G actually works the exact same way. Um okay. the, the, the cooldown. Um, and there's a there's a great clip from actually it's from Legion of JB healing on his Misweaver and like his hunter being at like 20% health and his melee being at 90%, and all the healing from Chi G going into his melee and his hunter just ticks on dots while his cooldown's <laughs> up. Um, and so yeah. that's been that's also the issue with this is like you'll you'll notice that if you like with an like just playing Misweaver a ton, it's like you'll notice that people just sometimes don't get healed um by it. So um this is a pretty big heal, a pretty big um change. I think it's generally gonna be a buff. Um, the fun part about this is as these notes came out, I'll no live, like literally 30 seconds later, someone posted in missed discussion of like, how big of a buff is this? Like, what's the change in our healing? And we're like, everyone's reading this for the same, the same time. We have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like this isn't on PTR yet. We don't know how it works based on the tooltip. We think it works this way, but like, so it's, that was just going back to the start of the thing where it's like, Hey, there's a lot more like patches are always fun. Quick patches are always fun that, to get changes like this. But in some cases, people don't realize that like. We're also seeing this for the first time. Yeah. We have there's no some, idea how this is going to work. There's some um, other uh, good changes in here too. Like there's a new talent node that's going to be on the choice node with Burst of Life that yeah. uh, makes it reduce the cooldown of Life Cocoon, uh, which could potentially see some play in Raid. 
um, mm-hmm. for things like phase three of Razageth, where you like absorbs are just the best thing in the world in phase three of Razageth. You put an absorb on your tank and the raid takes zero damage. Um, yep. Yeah, they're cha- they're changing burst of life. So burst of life currently has a has a cooldown reduction plus a effectiveness boost to yeah. um, life cocoon. They're basically reduce. They're removing the um, the cooldown reduction portion of it. Um, and so it's just going to basically boost uh, the like the, um, the 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 absorb effect of life cocoon, um, or sorry, not the absorb. Uh, it'll it'll basically when life cocoon goes away, it'll increase that healing that heals people around it. Um, but it's on a on a choice note, like you said, with crystallis, which will reduce the cooldown. Um, so that'll be that'll be nice. Um, with the ancient teaching change too, they're also doing some changes to vivify, where they're reducing its uh, cleave healing slightly um while increasing its primary healing which puts vivify just in general in a very weird position now in like if ancient teachings what most people use and that's going to be sort of our rot healing for things like that like where does vivify end up and i think in mythic plus it sort of will drop in terms of like usage like you'll only use it if like a single target might be keeping might be you know being damaged i mean um this is just like your ancient teachings is going to do the same healing to everybody, right? Like, think of yeah. again of Ruby Life pools. Um, you do one of the pools with the caster plus the fire elemental. Fire mm-hmm. elemental makes the whole raid, their whole group take damage, and one person gets a you know a firebolt to the face. You have ancient teachings to kind of heal everybody, and then you can vivify the one person that got hit by the firebolt. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be it'll be. Agencies will will sort of is starting to fill that space that Vivify has right now, and so like Vivify is losing some of its identity. I'll say, um, so we'll we'll see how that generally plays out into ten one if it changes any playstyle stuff. Um, and like honestly, it's sort of all of this eats into even more of Essence Fonts usage, right? Because like right, right now, Essence Font is literally just an activator for Agent Teachings and almost everything, right? Like you'll use it before. Revival just for extra healing. You'll probably you use it before you you pop GG again for extra reduction through Jade Bond, right? But um, extra cooldown reduction. Um, but um, but yeah, like you don't you don't really use Essence Font for the healing component of it. That's yeah. You you, you proc enough renewing mist on the raid, and you just vivify the raid. You'll have ten to twelve renewing mist on the raid, so you're healing ten to twelve people, um, basically. Um, so yeah, that'll be. That'll be it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, how this changes any sort of gameplay stuff with Miss Weaver. Um, and the only other change they mentioned, so the Vivify changes, the new ancient teachings, the new talent with Life Cocoon. Um, they're also moving Song of Chi into the class tree, away from the spec tree. So it'll be a choice node with Ring of Peace, which sort of sucks because like Song, well, I guess not sucks. It's like Song is really good on Razageth right now. Yeah. Um for the for the orbs you need to interrupt, but like there's doesn't really see any other play. It's sort of a, a dead point other than that one specific fight. So yeah. um there are moving to a choice that makes sense. There um, are occasional niche things you can do with it where mm-hmm. it functions like a, a mass and tangle kind of thing, but yeah. it just you have to pay too much for it right now, basically. Um yeah. it actually might see more play being on that choice node with ring of peace uh because you don't always need ring of peace but you pretty much always have a point that you could spend on ring of peace in the class tree and so there are maybe more situations now where you just want to like mass entangle some ads 
and you can do your budget bass and tangle with song of chi exactly yeah yeah no exactly so yeah so we'll 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 see how it plays out it's generally probably a good change um plus it gives it back to you know the the wind walkers and brewmasters if, if you guys need it so um and the other final just quick change i know we're over here a little bit is um they've they're finally doing the thing that's so annoying is that revival and restoral and then both your invoke spells will yeah. swap when you swap them on your action bars. So you no longer need a macro to do it. Because like today you need a ma- like if you have a revival on your bar and you change the restoral, it doesn't automatically change the spell. So like yeah. unless you have a macro, you will be slamming your revival key or your restoral and nothing key after will and nothing happens. Um yeah. So I yeah. Into this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's i I did this very early on before I just made a macro to, to automatically swap for me. So um Yeah. But yeah, no, it's uh I, I, I mean, more changes. And like somebody tweeted, I saw a tweet from someone that was like, monks have gotten more changes in like the whatever, four or five months after um, Dragonflight launched. They did like in the previous six years of the class being a class. And like, honestly, it's yeah. honestly, it's honestly true. And like all of these changes, I don't, I don't know if I'd, I'd call them all good changes, but they're all changes that like sort of, you know, you get a they're better trying. feeling that they're they're thinking about the class more than just like, Hey, we did this huge legion rework. We gave atonement to priests. Now we don't know what to give monks. So let's just give them essence font, and that's it, right? Like yeah. that's sort of the idea. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So we'll 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 see we'll see how this this new ancient teachings things plays out. But I think it's only probably only a good thing, um, particularly again in, in I think in raids more than even mythic plus. But um, yeah, tons of. Tons of changes are occurring. 10.1 looks like a like a really good patch. So yeah. Another thing for your for your bingo cards before we wrap up this episode, there's another Shadow Priest rework in 10.1. God damn. Another this... Shadow Priest rework. This is like their fourth in the past two expansions. Just don't know what to do with that class. Oh man. yeah. All right. That's so funny. But that is gonna be it for our show today. Thank you all for watching and or listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support it and the other work that we do over on the Pika Serenity, you can do that over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Pika Serenity. And of course, come and join the Discord. That is the perfect place for you to annoy Anomaly with questions that come too soon after patch notes are posted. <laughs> give, give us at least 20 minutes. Like, let me read it. <laughs> just let us read it and understand it a little bit. Have a little internal conversation. Don't like, you know, 30 seconds after the patch notes drop, be like, how much of a buff is this? Like, how much is our healing going to increase? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't do the math anyway. He like, actually no does know. He just doesn't want to tell you. Yeah, they told me like two weeks ago. I have it all mathed out. I'm just going to, yeah, you know, yeah, wait yeah. for the big post. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. For sure. Uh, but yeah, that is it for the show today. Thank you all for listening. And we will see you next week.